Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. And now, let's get the show on the road. All right, everybody, welcome back to the State of America podcast. As everybody knows by now, my name is David, and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed early this Sunday morning is my good buddy Ian Rice. Hello, sir. I don't know if uh, bright-eyed or bushy-tailed could be applied to the current state I'm in, but happy to be here all the same. Well, have you recovered from our trip to Nashville? Our trip to Nashville was fantastic, and... uh, I do miss it. I, it was a, definitely a place I love to be. I, we made some, well, I made some new friends. There was people you already knew from past uh, experiences there. And uh, just a great group of people. Really got a lot of stuff out of it. Wore me out. It did wear me out. You had me running ragged. A lot of vinyl stores in Nashville to go hit. Yeah, and we hit quite a few. Some of them better than others. I should mention just because we went there twice and had such a good experience there, the, the vinyl tap. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a half bar, half record store, and the the stuff they have there is quality, quality stuff. Not a lot of you know like disco hits from the seventies or you know television theme song records that you find in a lot of places. Ninety percent of it was was legit. Yeah, and ninety uh, percent of it also new stuff. It was mostly that. And I, from what we understood from talking to uh, one of the people that worked there, the owner like kind of curates that himself, and it looks like he puts a lot of effort into. It. I mean, we found, we each found a record that we were really looking for and both of us wanted the one that the other one had but it was the two soundtrack of our lives albums where i ended up taking behind the music and you took origins volume one you know what i found out about the origins volume one album it has a bonus disc in there that has sister surround on it what's it got like a little seven inch in it yeah mine mine is a gold plated one or not gold plated it's gold colored and then we did 1500 copies i mean i've been looking for that behind the music album for a long time i couldn't get my hands on one and they were so reasonably priced yeah so that was a good time and yeah we made a lot of friends and made a lot of uh did a lot several interviews and this one that you're about to hear now was a such an unexpected surprise that uh it was probably my favorite thing we did the whole weekend other than hanging out with ian yeah and it, the shame of it is the rock and pot expo is set up such that there's panels and things going on and you have interviews coming by and then just people coming by talking to you so that you know the the day prior we had done that interview with uh, greg bissonette and billy sheehan and i saw that they were doing a panel on how they got into the eat em and smile band and all that and so i wanted to see that panel and it, it overlapped with one of our interviews so i said well i'm not going to do it and then uh, david said no you have to go to that panel it's important to you so david made me go to the panel and then i ended up ultimately Missing this great interview with uh, Mike Dawson, but uh, you know, as you'll hear at the end, he does plan on coming back with us. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, Mike Dawson is the announcer and producer of the Adam Carolla Show, and has been with him since the beginning of his podcast. Before that, actually, all the way back to this radio show that uh, Adam had, and this I was so looking forward to this because he is literally a pioneer in podcasting. They were the first one to like really make a lot of money and get really big. And at one point, they were in the Guinness Book of World Records. And obviously, once you hear him talk, if you've listened to that show, you know you've heard him because he does the announcing on it. And a lot of times, they have him involved in different segments. So, like we said, Ian had to to go to that panel, so I did it by myself. And I booked him just strictly based on the fact that you know he was the producer of the Adam Carolla show. And as you will hear, 
boom, he drops the, the bomb on me about halfway through it that his favorite American band of all times, the Black Crows, and talks about how many times he's seen them. And uh, he's, a, he's a true fan. He got excited. And at the end, he was like, I'm coming back. We need to come back and do this, uh, do a longer one. And there's so much stuff. Uh, just uh, listening back to it that uh, you know, I thought of to ask him. And uh, that'll be a really cool uh, full-length interview. And I definitely look forward to that. But yeah, I mean, originally the excitement was just the fact that he was involved with the Adam Carolla podcast. And really, when you get right down to it, the two biggest pioneers, in my opinion, in podcasting uh, were Adam Carolla and Ricky Gervais. They both kind of started the genre and, and ran with it and really got it to the popularity that it is now. When you'll hear us talk about it as well, he has a band that has an album coming out in a couple of weeks uh, with Izzy Presley. Izzy is a comedian slash fellow podcaster and music guy, and it's called Mike Dawson and the Smoking Kills. And I was lucky enough after it was over with, he found me later on and gave me a copy of the CD. It's not even out now. And it's really, like, I'm not blowing smoke. It's really, really good. It's, uh, I don't know, you take kind of that Bakersfield sound country and mix it with a little Southern rock and Southern California vibe to it. And uh, it's got a little bit of a cracker vibe, vibe to it. I really, really liked it. Circling the Drain is the lead single. It's out now. You can go hear it on all your platforms. Go give it a try. They're, they're legit. It's not just some celebrity throwing out a, an album just because they can. This is, this is legit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you let me uh, listen to the album as well. And I've been really enjoying it. We got a, uh, a song at the end of the episode. It's called Circling the Drain. Great song. Uh, the album comes out on August 25th. I highly recommend, we highly recommend everybody checking it out, picking up a copy, supporting Mike Dawson. This is the song that really reminds me of Cracker. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so uh, we appreciate Mike giving us a few minutes of his time there. and Wish it could have been longer, but I've already been in communication with him, and we're going to have him back on. Go listen to the Adam Carolla show. You don't need us to advertise that, but we'll try. And uh, Mike Dawson and the Smoking Kills is the band. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. And go uh, follow them on Spotify or Apple Music. And how about go buy the album or at least pay for the download? That would that would be great. Yeah, if you're interested in actually picking up a physical copy of it, you can go to thesmokingkills.com. It's right on there. CD version. Pick it up. All right, everybody. Here's Mike Dawson from the Adam Carolla Show. Stay tall. <laughs> Everybody, Ian has uh, has run off to hear uh, Greg Bissonette and Billy Sheehan talk about the Eat 'Em and Smile albums. So I'm here with Mike Dawson, and when he opens his mouth up, you're gonna you're gonna recognize the voice. He's a musician <laughs> and uh, really a pioneer in the podcast business. You you've heard him on Adam Carolla every show. So first of all, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. I, I uh, it's always nice when people you've never met before ask you to be on their podcast. Well, it's, it's just, an ego floater. Oh, I appreciate I'm it. I'm just going to be completely honest. 
the Corolla show is probably 50% of the reason I got into podcasting. Awesome. Uh, so let me tell you why. When I graduated from uh, graduate school, I was living by myself, and I'm, I'm a pharmacist. So I was working 12-hour shifts, and I really got to where I had a hard time sleeping. And so, you know, there's nothing worse than laying in bed at night and you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. And the podcast app, I had seen it on my phone. This is like 2008. I was trying to, like, find stuff to, to watch, do anything to help me relax. And I just, I loved Adam Carolla from... From the, the Love yeah, Line, yeah, from the Man, yeah, the Man Show, Show, from all everything. that stuff, yeah. And so I started listening to it, and I'm like, this is just guys sitting around having beers. Yeah. And I was like, I enjoy that. So I started listening to music podcasts, and I was like, I think I can do this. And so here we are, four years later, I've got two podcasts. But what is it like? I mean, you helped to define the whole industry with him. You know, to be honest, man, I just kind of lucked into it. You know, I, I started working for Adam in 2006. Uh, we were the syndicated radio morning show, probably in, I think, 11 markets on the West Coast. By 2009, we had actually started to get ratings. We actually started to do well. And I panicked a little bit because I had to wake up every day at 3.30 in the morning to go to work for a show that starts at 6. I ain't a morning guy. I do not like mornings. And we started to get good ratings. And I'm like, I'm screwed because I'm not going to quit. Right. I'll, uh, I'll never quit. Right. I'm, stu- I, I'm stuck now. I have to wake up this early every day. My life is over. When we got fired because our ratings started to get good <laughs> and radio just became a you know jukebox. Right. They couldn't pay a staff of seven, eight people. And then we had some time off. And then I got a call from Adam one day and he said, hey, we're putting the band back together. We're going to try this podcasting thing. And it was one of those things where, you know, we had to, we all worked for free for a while. Like I, I just, we just came back, did the podcast. Nobody got paid. Nobody cared because we all loved what we did. Right. But it was one of those things where we're, we're now forced to figure it out. Right. So that's essentially how we figured it out. We just, right. uh, we're thrown into the deep end with our hands and feet bound. And it's like swim, motherfucker. Well, hey, people are making money now. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, to me, seems like, you know, there's this perception of people. I mean, you're, you're, you live in L.A. There's this perception amongst the rest of the country that people in California are a little detached, sometimes aloof at times, especially mm-hmm. like celebrities and stuff. Adam seems like he could walk into a factory or a bar yep. or just go hang out in somebody's backyard and fit in. Is he like that off camera? It, the, the thing that I totally respect about Adam and have always loved about him is he is exactly the same person on the mic and off the mic. Dude does not change. He is consistent. And too often... Too often you meet radio personalities. Like one time I met Tom Likas. Mm-hmm. The guy's the biggest fucking pussy I've ever fucking met in my life. <laughs> and it's like, oh, dude, behind the microphone, you're this big, badass, tough guy. Right. And in person, you're totally different. Right. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I hated the guy before, but when I met him, oh, now I really hate you. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, there's one episode that I think is possibly the greatest podcast in history. It was with him and Dave Damashak mm-hmm. when they were talking about the Rod Stewart rumors. <laughs> and then, and then, like, when Adam was like, when people go, who's the biggest jerk? And before they get jerk out, he goes, Jeremy Piven. Funny thing, man. Adam talks a lot of shit about a lot of people, and then he actually gets to meet them. 
we had Piven on the show three weeks ago, and um, Adam and Jeremy became fucking best friends. Really? Immediately. <laughs> like, it, it's, it, but it, it, goes to, it goes to the point that if you are real, if you're not a faker, then it's very, very easy to get friends and earn respect. Right. Just be consistent. Be yeah. yourself. Well, you're also a musician. I am. What do you well, do? well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I know five chords and write clever lyrics. <laughs> Calling me a musician is an insult to, music. to musicians. Well, look, I can play G, C, and D on a good day E. There you go. So uh, I, you're, you're better than me. What, you play guitar? I uh, first picked up the guitar at 14. I took three lessons and then said, fuck you, lessons. I'm um, writing songs. Who's some of your uh, favorite bands? Well, you know, always been a big fan of Tom Petty because I believe that Tom Petty also only knows five chords and it worked for him. Um, but the greatest band in the world is Rush. The greatest American band in the world is the Black Crows. And the greatest power trio of all time, aside from Rush, is Grand Funk Railroad. Can't argue with any of that. Yeah. Uh, you ever had any run-ins with any of the guys from the Crows? Yeah, or? yeah. I, uh, uh, me and my friends uh, had this regular thing that any time the Black Crows were playing at the Hard Rock Hotel at the joint. Yeah, in Vegas. We are there. This one time we're taking the elevator down to the show. We get a room at the Hard Rock. And, you know, there's talk about a weekend of substance. We're all doing whatever we're doing. And we take the elevator down. Now, at the joint, the green room or the band area is one floor above where the, uh, where the, where the club is. Right. So the elevator stops on the floor above the joint, and all of us are in the elevator. We're all high. We're all totally stoked about the Black Crows. Elevator door opens, and Ed Harsh oh. walks in, and we're all like, Dude, Eddie, what's up, man? We're on our way to see the show. Fuck yeah. Right on, guys. Right on. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and he's super cool. So we take the elevator down and we say, have a good show. He goes and has a great show. And then we leave the show and we get back in the elevator. We go up one floor. The doors open again. And there's Eddie Harsh. <laughs> And we're like, wow, you just, you just buttoned it. You just totally buttoned this up for us. This is the greatest night of our lives. And then we got to, you know. And the other, the other fun thing is it, I've been to enough Black Crow shows that my spot, you know, you, everyone picks their own spot in the arena yeah. at, at a show for their favorite band. I'm a rich guy in front of Rich. I, I always stood in front of Rich. Always stage right or stage left, you know, right side of the auditorium probably on i don't know the 12th time i saw them rich is playing guitar and he sees me and he and he points at me and he's like what's up dude <laughs> i'm like yeah i love the black crows man you gonna catch one of these reunion shows i don't know i don't know how i feel about this reunion because it's not really the black crows to me it's just chris and rich Sven, Sven's in. I tell people I had a very open mind about it. 
obviously we do this podcast. We love them. We support, you know, CRB, Magpie. We push it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to have an open mind about it. We've ha- we do an episode after every show and have somebody that was there. Our buddy Steve Gleason seen 151 shows. Wow. He enjoyed it, loved it. And I always tell people, are we going to go in here exit or, you know, Wyoming and me or anything? No, you're not. But we've been cooped up for a year and a half. Yeah. And when they – I always tell people, when Chris wants to, there's nobody that can beat him at, at, as a front man. I agree. And he is on – his voice sounds better than it ever has. And go and have fun. And do I think at some point we're going to get those kind of shows? I do. But they're not going to get those shows if we don't support them. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would love a Southern Harmony tour now. <sighs> I'm all over that. I, so when we, when we asked – I wanted to interview just because I think you're a pioneer in what we're all doing. I had no idea you were this big of a Crows fan. Oh, the Black Crows are, the, as I said, the greatest American rock and roll band that ever existed. And it's a miracle they were successful. Came along at the time, you had to sound like Warren or Trickster. Mm-hmm. And I always say that with Moneymaker, they could have taken the easy way out and wrote power ballads. They wrote Seeing Things, Sister Luck, She Talks Angels. Mm-hmm. Rich was 16 years old. Those sounds like somebody that's lived life. Yeah. I just I think people were so clamoring for something that wasn't poison yeah. at that point. Right. And I, I still contend they did something nobody else has ever done. They took the Rolling Stones, they took the Armour Brothers, the Grateful Dead, Little Feet, added a pinch of Graham Parsons mm-hmm. and were their own thing. You could go see them and only want to rock out, or you could be like us, want to rock out and hit the, hear the jams. Obscure covers. I mean, I'm a huge Little Feet now fan just because of them. Oh God, Little Feet! You know? I love Little Feet. So I, I just think they're they're people like to say they're carbon copy riff off of the Stones and Faces. They're nah, not. I mean Chris obviously took notes. <laughs> he totally took notes from Mick. Yeah. But whereas whereas Mick has his rooster, right? Chris took that rooster and, and he he invol- he evolved it. He made it his own. I remember the uh, first time I ever saw the Black Crows live was when they had uh, first released Moneymaker. Yeah. Um, they were opening for Heart. And I had a job at uh, the Concord Pavilion. There's a concert hall in the Bay Area in California. It, it's one of those, it's one of those uh, amphitheaters that has, you know, seating in front of the stage and then a nice circle around the stage. But then it's a lawn. It's just... A leveled lawn, whatever. I was the only one in the crowd on my feet fired up about the Black Crows. Everyone else was there to see Hart. Right. And I'm looking around and I'm like, you guys have no idea. You have no idea what this band is about to do to the state of music. And man, they did. All right. I, I want to be respectful of your time. So. Tell us about your band that you have with Izzy Presley. Uh, the band is called Mike Dawson and the Smoking Kills. Uh, I just wanted to call the band the Smoking Kills, but try Googling that and try, try finding us. No. And then I realized, okay, if you Google Mike Dawson, you're going to find me. Right. So we had to do that. But uh, new record out now. Uh, it's called The Last Honky Tonk Hero. And it's, you know, it's a tribute to Southern rock. There's a lot of Black Crows influence in there. It's, it's California country. It's Southern California rock. It's, uh, it's, it's a nod to the old troubadours. And uh, it took us two and a half, two and a half years and $22,000 to produce this record. And it's worth every goddamn penny. 
The website is thesmokingkills.com. Our album release party is at the Mint in Los Angeles, the world-famous Mint, on September 8th. You know, it's, it's, it, the album was produced by Ted Russell Camp, who plays bass for Shooter Jennings. Uh, he now plays bass in my band. Check it out. Uh, I, I really hope you like it. The only reason why we make records is so we can perform them live on stage in front of an audience. So listening to it and streaming it is one thing, but come out to a show. If you're in Texas, we'll be in Austin at WTF Ice House on November 5th, The Mint on September 8th, and um, Izzy Presley is an awesome dude. We've been really good friends for a few years, and because we're a Southern rock band, there are two rules in Southern rock. Uh, The first rule is you need three guitars. The only exception to that rule is if two of your guitarists are named Dickie Betts and Dwayne Allman. Then you can have two guitars. Or Rich Robinson and Mark Ford. There you go. I love Mark Ford. So Izzy's a fantastic dude, and he's a great guitarist. And just, just the look. Man, when you get up on stage and you got a guitarist on either side of you, you just, you know, your dick gets big. <laughs> All right, so as we close it out, I'm just going to do five rapid-fire questions about sure. the Crows for you. Favorite Crows album? Uh, uh, Southern Harmony. Favorite Crows? You know what? I'm going to change that. By Your Side is a fantastically underrated album. It is. Um, all right, your favorite Crows show? Oh, man. Uh, it's The Joint. Uh, in any number, any number of shows that I've seen did, at the joint, you when you can see them in a small club, that's that's where you want to be. Favorite deep track? Ooh, God, man. Um, I I feel stupid because I I, I to me there are no deep tracks. I say I agree. Uh, the, every song they have is a hit in my mind. But you know, I mean, we 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 talked about uh, seeing things. I'd probably have to say that seeing things is, oh, God, and there are a few from Southern Harmony. Uh, Hotel Illness. I'm going to call Hotel Illness. All right. I've said this a million times. If Hotel Illness comes on, I can't dance, but it gets me as close to thinking I can dance of any song ever. Hotel Illness was essentially our theme every single time we're in Vegas. This room smells like Hotel Illness. Well, Mike, first of all, it was cool just to meet you because I'm, like I said, Adam Carolla show is what helped me go down and you Thanks, play David. a troll. Second of all, had no idea you're a big Crows fan. Oh, yeah. So I tell you what, at some other point, we'll get you on if you're willing to Let's a Zoom do it. call or whatever. And, Anytime, brother. And, uh, and we will get into it. So tell everybody where they can find about Mike Dawson and the Smoking Kills. Go to thesmokingkills.com. No G, no apostrophe, no bullshit. Thesmokingkills.com. And then, obviously, the Adam Carolla show. There's no need to, to push you that. Everybody knows. C-A-R-O-L-L-A. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thanks, David. Stop it. It's 
Bye. 